If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Arab Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you. Great to share a few minutes and to talk about things which are relevant, things which are important. To take a look at the Parsha, to take a look at the Torah, the book of life, the book of truth, God's gift to all of us. And to ask ourselves, what is so special about this week's Parsha? What is so special about the teachings of this week's Parsha? And it's important to recognize that this is indeed a very special Parsha. It's Nasso. And this Parsha is always read either on the Shabbos right before Shavuot or on the Shabbos right after Shavuot. And therefore it has a close and powerful relationship with Shavuot. Yes, this past weekend, we celebrated the festival of Shavuot, the great festival of Shavuot. And I'm sure all of you are probably, well, had your fill of cheesecake and ice cream and pizza and lasagna and all the other wonderful dairy foods. But of course, there is much more to the festival of Shavuot. It was the day of Matan Torah when God gave us the Torah. And while we, we say that rather quickly, it's a very profound statement because it was a profound and powerful moment. It was a moment when the world changed. And it changed in an infinite and total sort of way. And because it changed, all of us changed. And where was the major change? The major change was not only in the world, but the major change was in all of us. And this is something that we have to understand how the change at Matan Torah affected us. What actually happened? What was not there before that happened at Matan Torah? And therefore we have to ask ourselves, what is Prashat Naso all about? Why is this Parsha so intimately and intrinsically connected with the festival of Shavuot? Because there's a question that has to be asked. Was there any greater moment in history from the time of creation to the present day? Was there any greater moment than Revelation at Sinai? Of course not. This was the day that God himself descended upon the mountain and gave his gift, Chachmato, his wisdom to each and every single one of us. What greater moment could there have possibly been? Even creation, which was the most majestic and miraculous act, all of that pales in comparison to Matan Torah. Can you imagine? All of us, all Jews, from beginning of time until the end of time, standing around the mountain in great anticipation. And God appears. The very word God appears is something which boggles the mind. God is hidden. God is invisible. God has created a world where his presence is not clearly seen. We see it indirectly through the forces of nature, through faith, through limited understanding, but to see God. And yes, at that moment, God appeared. He descended upon the mountain. And he gave us the great gift of Torah. The angels on high were battling against it. They pleaded with God. 
They said this great gift should remain in the heavenly realms. You're going to give it to human beings? To people of well, flesh and blood? To human beings who have all sorts of shortcomings and weaknesses? And God says yes. Precisely because of that. They are the ones who not only need the Torah, but they are the ones who can use the Torah and raise it to higher levels. So the question is asked, once we have had Matan Torah, what could possibly come after that to have any meaning? We've achieved the greatest height. We witnessed the greatest moment. We stood by and saw God appear upon the mountain. The ultimate, the ultimate demonstration of God's presence. What greater, what greater thing could there possibly be? And yet we say, along comes Parsha's Nasa, and Nasa means to uplift, to raise, to raise, to raise what? We've had the highest and greatest moment. We've experienced the most incredible thing. What could possibly raised? And therefore we have to examine this parsha and ask ourselves, how does this tell us about a greatness that comes after the great moment of Sinai? How this parsha teaches us that yes, after the incredibly miraculous and infinitely great moment of revelation, there is something even greater. And strangely enough, what's greater than revelation at Sinai? What's greater than revelation at Sinai is taking that experience and implementing it into the world. Taking that experience and making it real. Taking that experience and through the strength that God gave us at Revelation, by empowering us, we are able to take the Torah and raise it to higher levels. God gave us the Torah. God gave us an infinite gift. And God gave us the power to use that infinite gift through our own strength through our own actions, to even higher levels. And this is why we take a look at the Parsha of Nasa and ask, how? How do we do that? How can we possibly improve upon, well, what seems to be perfection, we all know, perfect is perfect. How can we possibly improve upon the moment of revelation? And yet we are told that yes, we must, and we can. And therefore, we have to ask ourselves, how? What is it that we can do? What is it that we must do? What lesson can we learn from the Parsha that teaches us that we can go to greater heights, that we can take the wisdom of Torah, the greatness of Torah, the infinity of Torah, the truth of Torah, and use it to even elevate ourselves and the world and the Torah to a higher level. That's the great miracle of what happened at Sinai. That's what happened. That's the day 
where everything changed. What changed? What changed is that humans, the Jewish people, were given the strength not only to fulfill the Torah, but to elevate, to raise Nasaret Rosh. And this is what the festival of Shavuot is all about. This is what we celebrate. And I hope all of you were there to hear the Ten Commandments to renew and to reestablish the covenant with God. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So take a look at the parish in Nassau. How does it begin? Elevate at Rosh, the head B'nai Gershom, count or elevate the family of Gershon. Who was Gershon? Gershon, of course, is one of the three families of Levim, of Levites. And we're talking about not only counting them, but also describing the duties and responsibilities that they had in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle, in the holy tabernacle. At the end of last parsha, Bamidbor, we spoke about Kahot and what was that family's duties. They had to carry the ark and the holy vessels. And Gershom and his other brother Merori, they had to carry the heavier stuff, the uh, tapestries, the skins, and also the beams, the pillars, etc., etc. What was that all about? Kahot had to carry the ark. What did the ark? The ark had the tablets, the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, of course, represent the essence of Torah. The essence of Torah, as we mentioned before, is the wisdom of God. What do the Ten Commandments actually represent? It represents the study of Torah. Where a person uses their mind to actually elevate themselves to a higher level of understanding. And not only understanding in the simple sense of the word, but understanding in the spiritual sense of the word. A refined sense of understanding. An elegant sense of understanding. To understand Torah is not only to understand simple laws, what can do it, what can't do. To understand Torah and certainly to understand the more mystical dimensions of Torah needs tremendous discipline, needs tremendous effort, dedication, elegance and refinement. You have to have a dedicated mind. Because to study, any type of study, takes, well, discipline and dedication. And certainly to study higher levels of intellectual pursuit takes tremendous dedication and study. To study the Torah, the revealed and the hidden dimensions of Torah, well, that takes tremendous levels of dedication and insight. And Kahat was the one who was charged with the duty of carrying the ark that contained the Ten Commandments, which represents the wisdom, the study of Torah. And then comes the other families, the other families who carry, well, what we refer to as the burdens. And one might think and say, well, they were of a lesser category. Kahot was an elevated person. 
he was chosen to do that type of activity that contained the work of carrying the ark. And to a certain degree, that's true. But with a deeper understanding of what's taking place, it's not. Geshem and Merari, their work was described as a burden. Why is a burden? Because it meant carrying the heavier loads. In deeper sense, in mystical terms, that refers to mitzvot, the physical actions of putting into practice that which you study. Now, what's greater? Knowing, understanding, or doing? One might argue and say, of course, understanding. That's what a human being is all about. That's what distinguishes us from other creatures. The fact that we are people of intellect. But no. It's when you take that which you have studied and you behave in accordance to that which you've studied. You implement, you do. Now that might be even greater. Because your behavior ultimately reflects that which you truly stand for and believe in. No matter how far you have grown intellectually, you might understand tremendous levels. It really doesn't prove who and what you are and what you stand for. How you act, how you behave, indicates who you truly are and what you stand for and ultimately what you believe in. It's the action. It's the action that determines what you really stand for. And this is why the Parsha of Nassau is so important. Because that is the improvement. That is the elevation of Torah. Because what happened at Sinai was a great and miraculous moment. God himself came down and gave us the Torah. It's a moment never to be repeated. It was a moment that broke through all the barriers that limited interaction between the higher and lower worlds. It was a moment that changed everything since the beginning of creation. But it was a moment that gave us the ability to take that greatness and to use it correctly, not only for our own refinement, but to change the world as well. And that empowerment, that strength, indicates a level of greatness even greater, in a sense, than what happened at Sinai. The actions, the burdens, that very often we think to ourselves, it's so difficult, it's so monotonous, it's so well. Is it really important what I do? Does God really care if I do this, that, or the other? A simple act? Does it really mean that much to God? And the answer is yes. Because this is God's creation. And God's creation has purpose in every single detail, at every single moment. There is nothing redundant within God's creation. 
There is nothing extra. There is nothing which is unimportant. And therefore, when we apply, when we implement His wisdom, His instructions into every single detail of His creation, that elevates everything, even the level of Torah. That's why it says, Nasa'at Rosh, elevate the head. You can elevate the intellect not only by studying, even more so through acting, because the action elevates even the mind to a higher level. And this is what this parish is all about, and this is why it's so closely connected to the festival of Shavuot, because it's a constant reminder. What happens after Revelation at Sinai is the parsha of Naso. The burden that we carry, the burden that we have to Elevate through action. And the question is, how do we do that? How do we have the strength? How do we have the passion to do just that? The passion for intellect, well, that's pretty simple, because we are creatures of intellect. But how do we have the passion for action? Well, a large part of this Parsha talks to us about the gifts that each head of the tribe, each prince of each tribe, gave to the temple. And it's told to us in greater detail. And the commentaries ask the question, why can they just list it once and say that everybody gave the same thing? No. It mentions everybody's name and repeats 12 times what each one gave. Why? Because it's to tell us that even though the first one gave X, Y, and Z, and the second one gave the exact same thing, the second one gave it, it was as if it was given for the very first time. The only way we can retain a passion for mitzvot and actions that we do is by learning how to understand that no matter how many times we have done this mitzvah, we have to train ourselves to think and to feel as if we're doing it for the first time. Can't do it by rote. Can't do it because I did it yesterday, I'm doing it today. Action takes tremendous discipline, tremendous devotion, but it also has to have a tremendous sense of passion. It's as if I'm doing it for the very first time. You wake up in the morning, you say, Mother Ani, it's as if you're saying it for the very first time in your life. You're putting on film. It's as if you're putting on film for the very first time in your life. Lighting candles. It's as if you're doing it for the very first time in your life. You have to train yourself. You have to do it with a sense of passion, with a sense of love. And this comes with the excitement, passion, and devotion that you apply to mitzvot. And this is why it's contained within this parsha. Because this parsha is not only telling us that the doing is as important, if not more important, than the understanding, but the doing needs that renewal on a constant basis. And it can be done. And it can be done if we apply ourselves correctly, if we apply ourselves with a tremendous sense of purpose. It won't happen on its own. If we allow it to happen on its own, it's going to become boring. 
I did it yesterday. I'll do it tomorrow. And you no longer have a feeling of what you're doing. You have to have a feeling. It's like any relationship. And that's why this parsha also contains the sad laws of the unfaithful wife. Because a relationship needs a constant sense of renewal and devotion and excitement. This is something that each and every one of us must learn on a constant basis. An excitement in that which we do. An excitement for each other. An excitement for our relationship with God. An excitement for the actions that we do. This is why it's repeated 12 times in great, great detail to tell us everyone did it as if it was the first time. More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So we're talking about how to take this whole experience, first of all, with Revelation at Sinai, to take our mind to higher levels, and then to implement action, and to understand that it has to be done with passion, that it has to be done with love, it has to be done with a tremendous sense of excitement, because that's the only way it will be meaningful. That's the only way we can make it real in our lives. We're human beings. And as human beings, we have tremendous abilities. We have tremendous strengths. If we sit back and do nothing, then of course, things become meaningless. Things become boring. And this is why when we take a look at the Haftarah of this week, it tells a fascinating story. If you read it, you'll see it's a famous story. It tells about the birth of a very famous person, none other than Shimshon Hagibor, the great, powerful Samson, who protected the Jewish people against the Philistines who tried to polish him, who tried to destroy the people time and again. Now the question is, why do we choose this of Torah? Because within this parsha we have the laws referring to the Nazir, the Nazarite. Laws that are very specific what the Nazarite can do, what the Nazarite cannot do, is basically where he has to isolate himself to a certain degree, can't cut his hair, can't drink wine, etc., etc. The Nazarite is the individual who, well, he removes himself from the everyday activities of life. And the question is asked, well, that's, well, a relatively small portion of this Parsha. Why would we choose the Haftarah, which should reflect the essence of the Parsha on a point which is relatively small. And the answer is, because what is the Nazarite all about? The Nazarite is the individual who from time to time has to take a look at life and say, let me get away from it for a moment. I'm involved in all the activity of life, the busyness of life, the noise of life, getting up in the morning, rushing here, rushing there, I'm involved with this and with that and with the other. I forget myself. I no longer have a passion for doing mitzvot. Yes, I might do them, but there's no excitement in it. I don't feel a sense of purpose. I don't feel a tremendous sense of, well, fulfilling God's law. I do it because I have to do it. I do it because I was raised to do it. I do it because, well, it's done. 
But there is no excitement. There is no passion. And very often, this is what the majority of people feel after a while. And that's so because they are so caught up in what, in fact, they call life, that they tend to forget about the other more important aspects of life. They are so caught up in the physical dimensions of life that they have overlooked the needs and the responsibilities of their soul to the point that sometimes, God forbid, they forget altogether that they have a soul. And the soul has to be nurtured. The soul has to be fed. And the soul has to be awakened in order for the soul to wake us up. And therefore, there has to be a moment of stepping aside. There has to be a moment of stepping back and, well, walking away from the busyness of the world. It's done on a weekly basis, every Shabbos, of course. But sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes a person has to take the vow of the Nazarite, of the Nazir, and for a month, sometimes a bit longer, and to say to oneself, what's going on with my life? Am I actually living life? Or am I actually simply going through the motions of what appears to be life? That's why the Haftarah of Samson, Samson, the great Nazarite, is chosen. To tell us, yes, there are times, in order for us to understand what intellect is, what action is, how to have passion for actions, to understand if, in fact, we are, so to speak, the faithful wife of God, because, after all, that's our relationship with God, husband and wife. We have to sometimes step aside. This can be done on a daily basis where a person takes a moment or two at the end of the day and thinks about things and looks at things and looks at life and tries to understand, makes what we call a cheshbon hanefesh. It can be done on a weekly basis, on a month, but sometimes you need a certain amount of, well, a chunk of time in order to do that. And this is something which is important. This is part of the Nassau experience, the post-revelation experience. Yes, we can experience revelation. We can stand at Sinai. We can see the greatest, greatest moment. But after a while, that becomes part of a, of a distant memory, something which happened in the past. In order to keep it real, in order to keep it alive, not only do we have to do that which has to be done, we have to do it with excitement and with passion and with love. And in order to do that, it has to be done with a sense of, well, newness every time I do it. And in order to do that, we need to make the time. We need to make the time to look at ourselves and to ask ourselves, am I living life as I should and do I have to, well, make some adjustments to my life? This is what this great parsha is all about. It contains all the wonderful things that makes Matan Torah not only special, but it elevates it to a higher level. This is what's so special about the parsha because it talks to us about the single most important thing that happened at Sinai. God empowered us 
God gave us great strength. God gave us great ability. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully. It's a parsha which is full of all sorts of interesting things. It talks about the duties, responsibilities of the Levites. It talks to us about the unfaithful wife. It talks about the laws of the Nazareth. It talks to us about the gifts of the heads of each tribe. Each and every one of those things has a message. So listen carefully, as I always say, because there is something that's going to talk to you. Listen carefully and listen to what it says to you. Listen to the Haftarah. Take a look at how Samson was born. It was a miraculous thing. Where his parents were told in the most interesting way that they're going to have a special son. It's a special Shabbos. It's a special Parsha. Listen to it. Listen to it carefully. Create passion. Create excitement. Good Shabbos.